Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy distance professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast for today. We are covering WCW Saturday Night on TBS from April the 11th, 1992. If you are listening on YouTube, hit the subscribe, or as Harper says, subscribe button, and like the episode as well. I'm sitting here with Doc, not hard body Harper. Uh, we're shuffling some things around, scheduling, you know, it's kind of been the way we do things lately. Doc, let me welcome you in. Harper's not going to be here this week, but uh, there is a valid reason and whatnot. So, how so are he, you this morning? He, his mom sent in an excuse, so he has an excused <laughs> absence. <laughs> we got the note from Mama Harper. Yeah. Well, I'm still thinking Christopher's about Christopher's not going to be there today. He he had a boo-boo. He he's skinned up sni- his knee. He's got the sniffles. He got the sniffles because he stuck his nose up some some Whoa. suspect broad's booty hole. Okay, Come I on. just lost the one new listener that I know. in this week. Well, and I'm still thinking about last week when he said Greg Valentine. That that's that's a wonderful gift that keeps giving. We didn't even this stop. Deep, him. We just let him. No, keep going. I, no, I don't want. I don't want to make him feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm doing good. I'm not as as, as giddy as I was uh, last week, and the reason for that is, um, in 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 the listeners' time, the Cowboys are two and zero, but in real time, it's only three days after the last show. So I'm more serious because we have processed that win, uh, the first of many. But now we're getting into the weekend and it's game day time. And so being very serious and uh, studious about what the job that lies ahead, we're going to have our home opener and uh, do the work that we need to do to get that W. You know what I mean? I don't even know why you're talking about this. It's going to be by the time this airs, it's that's. I'm just explaining why I didn't come on laughing and giggling and like the Cowboys are seventeen and zero Super Bowl suck it. Oh, you can still I, do that, and, and oh, if, well, and it's it's still true. <laughs> I just you know, I mean, the other thing is, I didn't say it was true. I said you could still do that. There's two different things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you and I are both still kind of waking up because if we're being honest, it's it's seven o'clock in the morning, and while I'm okay. You, sir, were up late kicking it last night, were you not? I don't know about kicking it, but high school football does keep you up late sometimes. So so you were at a high school football game last night. Um, yeah, on the other side of the fucking state. 
but you know, and Texas is a pretty big state. That is true that, you know, you get into some of these, well, it's only six cities over, but that takes an hour to drive kind of thing, you know? Oh my God. The drive going there is ridiculous because you're fighting traffic. Right. That 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 we've, was the whew. we've said this before. The area that we live in, the DFW Metroplex, is 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 geographically the size of the state of Connecticut. And then you put six, seven million people, whatever it is, in here, four, five, six million people. I think it's over and, eight now. Oh shit. I think no wonder there's so much trouble. So you had to you had to drive like what, fifty miles maybe? 45 uh that that's about right it's close to 50 yeah it was right in rush rush hour traffic pretty much yeah yeah i mean we left early she i had to we my wife had a doctor's appointment on the way as crazy as that sounds so i had to go into dallas for that and you know doctors don't have respect for anyone's time these days because you know that's just how it works but even leaving out that that was even worse trying to get from there from like downtown Dallas. Oh, oh yeah, you, you, that's oh that's you might as well got it. You should have just parked your car and walked. I, I I kept thinking at that moment, you know, let's tie this into wrestling. Um, basically, when we left doctor's office to get to the game, it was about two hours for kickoff, and we made it there with fifteen minutes to spare. And I'm thinking the whole time, boy, Brody's just just bludgeoning me right now i'm just juiced open abdullah just forked me i mean it, it was every kamala just splashed me that might have been the easiest thing to take out of all those guys but I, I just kept thinking boy every heel or 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 just scary ass wrestler from my childhood is just just destroying me right now and taking a piece of my not only body but soul so let me ask you this on that drive um you grew up and went to school in Louisiana, and let's be clear, football is a big, big thing down there too. But everybody oh, talks yeah. about everybody talks. You know, there's a movie, there's a book, Friday Night Lights, Texas high school football. What is your impression of high school football in Texas? Is it what everybody says it is? Well, there's two things. One, so if you if you actually live in the city of New Orleans, like a lot of teams share stadiums right so like tad gormley which may be you know people may be familiar with from the olympic trials and i think 92 um that is like a stadium that it's in city park in new orleans and a lot of the high schools just share that stadium so a lot of the actual cities in that i'm sorry a lot of the, the schools in the city of new orleans don't actually have their own stadium that's that's one big difference. Um, now, when you get into the outlying, you know, rural areas, those those schools will have their own stadiums. Now, what I'd love to know, and this is what I don't know because it's been thirty plus years now. I'd love to know and do some research at some point when I have time, which would never. Like, what have they done with those areas and those stadiums? Because here's the thing about Texas. Even and me and Mikey and DFW were talking about this a few weeks back when we met up. Even the most poverty stadiums, which, which my my kids' high school 
is no um it's no shrine to greatness let me just say that and when you go to that stadium there's a little video board in i don't know i guess the stadium probably fits about you probably pack about 7000 people in there nothing too maybe six nothing too extravagant it's it's just a just a just a little stadium but to somebody who's never seen a stadium like that, they'll go, oh, my God, this is not. But it's but it's poverty in the state of Texas because there's stadiums like in Allen and now Melissa, Texas, that there are decent college and universities who don't have stadiums this nice. So Texas takes they, they take all that tax money we spend on property taxes and they put it in the football. <laughs> I'm and joking, but I'm not joking. You're not joking, because then you got teachers at that same school that are on Amazon asking people to donate supplies to for them. To That's teach. a problem, yes. And so, but, you know, you get out into some of those smaller towns, like you just mentioned, and I would argue that Varsity Blues was as much on the nose about it as Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I, I obviously they exaggerated some things, but I do believe that in those smaller towns, you you just see some insane things where they think, you know, they, they almost treat them like they're pros. And that's kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I just wanted to get your take on it because because, you know, people hear stories about what happens in Texas and is it really bigger or is it just marketing? And I haven't been to a high school football game in in over thirty years. I mean, you'd love you'd you'd enjoy it because you're like me when it comes to football. Um, I mean, you like the NFL more than college. I kind of I like college more than the NFL. But you you would enjoy it because I think you would be amazed at how much it's changed too. Because one of the things that I noticed when I started going was, oh my god, like these spread offenses are just insane now you're you're not watching just slam it up the middle you know uh triple option type stuff anymore at least that's how it was in louisiana in the 90s you had some qb i mean i graduated the same year as peyton manning in new orleans so i mean you obviously had some qbs that could throw it around the yard like him but that was not uncommon he was the anomaly most schools they run they land lined up in that wing t or triple option and they hammered it down your throat so now, like last night, nobody's taking a snap under center. They're in gun, running spread, yeah. going quick. It's 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 it is a different animal now than so you would like it from that point of view. Okay. Maybe I'll go with you sometime. You should. You should. I should. It's, I should. Uh, well, it's, I was at a soccer it's fun. game last I was at a soccer game last night where we won I believe it. Fourteen to one. But That's um nice. but I was home by eight o'clock and got Oof. to watch the, the football game. So I don't know about this multi-hour commitment that you're talking about with high school football. Cause here's the other thing. If you don't have kids or if you don't remember this, when you were a kid, after you make that 45 mile slog, you got to slog back to the school. <laughs> That's why we didn't get home. So till, you know, uh, the wee then, hours of the morning, then you got to get your kid. If they're not old <laughs> enough to drive. 
that's the process that's that that because you park and you wait for the bus to get there and then the bus gets there and then it takes forever for them to unload you're doing 75 80 on the way home it's like why we it ain't you ain't winning nothing yeah and it does and like it's so it, it the drive home is quick compared to the wait at the school <laughs> sure oh yeah well Thanks for telling us what's going on out there in the high school scene. Um, that's our high school, Texas high school football report. Um, I wanted to bring up something else real quick today. Wrestling wise, um, come on, let's hear it. Yeah, this is a little bit wrestling wise. We need to throw out some T's and P's. Oh, geez. Mike. What did I miss? Well, I'm not being prepared for something that's about to happen. No, no, no. You'll, you'll, this will be easy for you. You'll, you'll fit right in. Um, oh, God. So this week was the week that, in real life, um, the the UFC WWE merger became official. Yeah, and so yesterday on whatever that new app is called that people send messages on, it became um, Elon's playground, I guess. It became known that Nick Khan sent out a message for today, uh, September 15th, asking all WWE personnel to work from home so that they could start the process of conducting their layoffs with privacy. I did see that. I didn't. I was saw. I saw it at when I was scrolling at the game. Bird uh, app, though. I saw it. I was just. Um, on the web browser, I was looking up something else and I was searching something and, and I, 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 did, I thought that was like fake news or like just some dirt cheap nonsense. So that's, that's real. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. So the, yeah. So the thing, but they've been expecting that they've been supposed that there would be layoffs. There's been like, I, I listen to Pollock, you know, he's the only journalist I trust. I trust Wade Keller too. I mean, and I just feel like he's very, truthful like he's gonna call what he sees and not necessarily what he likes so if it's something that he doesn't like it's not that he avoids it he mentions it and i think he's i just think he's got integrity and the rest of these yahoos they couldn't spell integrity if you spe- if you spotted him every letter of the word and spelled it out for him they'd still be what to say but uh pollock's been saying this for for months uh, whenever whenever he talks about this well uh, you know, a lot of the response online was, well, it's not talent. It's it's not, you know, Rhea Ripley's not going to get late. She ain't working from home tonight, you know, today. It's not Roman Reigns. But, the, you know, it's it's administrative staff. And Yeah, that's sad. It, I mean. Yeah, that's you and that's you and me and, and our listeners. That's the people that are, quote unquote, now redundant. And we got, you know, the gimmicks in the mail that, that come that, that want their money. You got families to feed. You got mortgages to pay. Those people now need jobs. So I want to send it. You know, we talk a lot about the stores and the superstores, but we need to keep those people. And those are us. That's, if we worked for a wrestling company, we ain't taking bumps in the ring. We'd be the, those schlups that are getting calls today on Zoom to say, hey, you don't have a job anymore. Yeah, I think I think people forget, man, like when you're talking about a, a an organization, 
an entertainment organization, you know, I know WWE is a wrestling product, but it's entertainment, right? Look, what you see on that television is a very small part of what it takes to run an organization like that, whether it's UFC or WWE. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that if they weren't there doing that job, you wouldn't get to see what you get to see. No matter how much you want it, we complain about the cameras and the camera shaking and why did they do this and why did they do that? That ain't got nothing to do with the talent behind the scenes who are, you know, the IT folks, the uh, the, the electronic. I mean, like, there's so many different departments that help Legal. put that. I mean, you got to have, yeah. have a group to make contracts for each one of these superstars. You got to have... You know, somebody who's, you know, routing and, and booking the buildings and, and coordinating the staff and catering and. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people finance. who make that machine go. It's 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 like it's like the gears on the machine, man. Look, when you get in your car, the, the key fob or the key and you pressing a button or turning or, you know, turning the key might start the car. There's a whole lot of components that go into not only the car starting, but the car running. I mean, you got an engine, but you got to have a transmission. You got to have the battery to start the sucker. You got to have an alternator. There's a whole lot of, you got to have the right motor oil. You got to change and maintain that sucker or it's not going to keep running. I I wish we had a motor oil sponsor. That would have been a great segue. That would have been, but that would have, I mean, you, you back in classic wrestling, you used to, you used to always have Castro GTX. But my point being is, man, there's a whole lot of components and parts that keep that machine going. And yeah, when you see things like that, it, it, it makes you feel bad because yeah, I mean, there may be some talent that ends up, Hey, you know, we don't need you no more future endeavor. And, and I feel bad for those people too. Sure. Obviously. But there's a whole lot of the, the sad part about what you're talking about here. This is what what can get upsetting because you and I have seen this and had to deal with it personally. You have people way above the top of the food chain. They make decisions that impact people who are lower on the food chain and the people lower on the food chain. They really do understand all the intricacies in the components and the things that need to happen to make this machine keep going and the people at the above they oftentimes think well do we really need this person and this person to do x y and z because they don't understand that the person doing x y and z are critical like they have knowledge they have uh they 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 can be they're accountable for the work that they do and they ensure that that things do not fall apart at the bottom because if things fall apart at the bottom, that rolls up to the top. And the people at the top, they take that for granted. And they think oh, yeah. because things never break, well, we don't really need those people when they don't realize that some of those people that are going to get let go today as we record this, September 15, 2023, that those people are very important to this whole thing. Hey, and Vince knows sad reality. Vince, I'm not saying that Vince doesn't have his hand on a lot of do everything, but he there's not enough hours in the day for him to run that whole company. That's why he started hiring people in the first place. Yeah. And so it takes everybody. And guess what? The, the other thing to what you said, 
the people who are making those decisions are going to get bigger bonuses because that's, they laid people off. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's that's the part that pisses me off the most. Hey, look, I know everybody thinks that you can get anybody to get out there like Mullet Morton and run that that forklift into that that aisle and knock stuff over and and it'll be all right. <laughs> but I guarantee you, even Mullet Morton knows something about that place where he works that that is valuable to it. And helps make it run. Absolutely. I mean. But so while I'm trying to say is the stock price will go up today. Bonuses will be paid. And there's a whole lot of and and a lot of it is because we have reduced. We have increased efficiencies and reduced redundancies. And that's that's business speak for we laid some good working people off. So now, Mike, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, let's hit the tagline and leave and go seize the means of production. Well, and the only other thing I was going to say, that's the part that's most disheartening. You got these big wigs who will talk about everything you just said, you know, we're a family. It's a family business. The WWE is a family, pal. They'll talk about, you know, we're, we're just um, consolidating and, 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 you know, eliminating redundancies and all the all the corporate speak. So those folks get eliminated. And, but the sad reality and the worst part of it is this is what pisses me off to no end is you'll see the people who make those who deliver those messages are the same ones cashing in and getting more money. That is what's wrong with the system. In situations like this. And look, don't get me wrong. I get it. There are times when layoffs just have to happen. I mean, if if you there are times when companies are losing money and they really can't afford it. Those things do happen. I'm not saying they don't. But there's going to be people today who lose their jobs in that company. And, and UFC for that matter, too. I don't think this is just going to uh, like. No, you're you're right. Yeah, the whole the 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 it becoming one company it's going to impact more than just wwe we're we're thinking wwe obviously because you know we're wrestling fans i'm i like ufc too but it's it's sad because those people are just going to be up oh, here's a package you know good luck let us know if you ever need help yeah you don't really mean that so yeah they try to make it sound all cute on the on the front end but there's people whose lives are going to be very much impacted today and that sucks all right, on that uplifting note, should we talk about some some talk show wrestling? All right, we yeah, we do need to talk about some wrestling, uh, uh some some modern past wrestling. Before we do so, I want a quick mention uh big shout out to disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, my children Joe Ice, good old Justin. Thank you for your generous support on Patreon each and every month and being the sponsors of this show. No new patrons this week and mm. remember it's because you said recording is three days. It's really only two and a half days after we recorded April 18th. Of, I'm sorry, April 4th of 1992. So we are um, condensing things schedule-wise and moving things around. So, no, no new patrons this week. But big shout-out to our uh, cla- uh, we classy, blasty, chewy, ice, We told Harper after the show, we are like, so we're going to record that. And he's like, thank God, this shit sucks. Bruh. <laughs> so... We need to talk about April 4th for a second, but I want to mention something. Harper is very influenced by the things you say. 
Very, don't put that on me. Very influenced. You make okay, me sound so, like Charlie Manson here. You better watch out. He's a full-grown man with a, with a fu- fu- fully formed brain. So, as you all know, Hopper doesn't watch the shows. He sees what he sees when I share my screen, okay? So, Doc is kicking the whole talk show format in the shins, which I'm not trying to say that there aren't things that need to be kicked in the shins with the talk show format. I'm not trying to say it's the greatest thing ever. But what I'm saying is, is Hopper isn't has not watched a full show so if you just read a tweet and you don't know a person and they say something the slightest bit controversial you might be influenced by what that person tweeted because you don't really know them or know the whole story behind something it's like when you take a soundbite of something and you make an assumption based on one soundbite well hopper is very much influenced by Doc kicking this in the shins, talking about how much he hates it, and it's just not true. There's been it worse. Is true. Don't listen to There's him. There's been worse. Ninja Turtle, bro. I don't. Do I need to remind you, Ninja Turtle Norman? And what was but the just thing? Like Art, we said the last juicer. That, that was the so juicer. Was funny. We've seen ten times more stupidity. This is nothing compared to some of the dumb shit this company's done. I'm going to reframe that for you in a way that makes better sense for the people. Harper and I have built up trust with one another as broadcasters. And while he may not watch the shows anymore, he used to. Let's let's put that out there. He used to watch the shows. He used to have notes. Remember the time we heard that rustling paper and we fell out because we realized he actually was doing some work? Yeah, you were like, what you got your notes in your trapper keep over there? Right. Harper trusts me, and when he hears me say something, we built up that relationship over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows. And then he's got eyes. He saw what that was. And here's the other thing. Don't act like you liked it so much. You gave it a, a, a third of a grade higher than me. So don't act like you're over here as some great defender of this product because you gave it a C last week when I gave it a C minus. Well, I mean, when you got Z man and two out of three falls, it, I'm, it, I'm sorry, but, but, but that didn't mean the whole show sucked. Oh, so and Harper was acting C? like this is, this is a, the perfect example of prisoner of the moment. Harper was acting like it was, the sky was falling. This is stupid. You talk show. I seen you Harper. I mean, he's just going on. no, it wasn't that bad, bro. We saw the juicer come out with silly string. Okay, so here's the thing. And kids, here's what we're gonna do. We let, saw let, Ninja Turtle Norman. Okay, okay. Here's what we're gonna do. Acting like he was special. Okay, I got you. Now here's what we're gonna do. I need you today to absolutely go out there and find out when they go away from this format and tell me. And then. About halfway through, I'm going to have a change of heart about this format. I go, you know, I, it's really starting to grow on me. And we'll see if I can turn Harper and get him to be a fan of this. So that when we go away from this format, he's upset and doesn't like it that we're leaving this format. That's not going to work because when we go away from this format, 
it does get better and there's no way of trying to work Harper into But in the moment I can do it. Nah, he's gonna because he'll like when he sees the direction. He'll but but during in the moment he won't know when that is. So I'll just be like, you know, Harper, this is starting to grow on me, and we'll see what he says. I guarantee you, he'll be like, yeah, you know, it's not that bad. That's what he's gonna do. All right, let's see if it happens. <laughs> and it'll again, give us, I'm it'll, not. It'll give us something as a podcast community, as the army, all of us together to look forward to and see what happens. It won't be next week because that's too soon. You can't pull the the trigger on these things that quick but some point in the midpoint of this i'm gonna start having to change a heart about this format and we'll see if we can get harper if i can get harper to come along for the ride and, and i'm not saying that it, the, the, the greater point of this that needs to be made is he's not watching the shows so he's only seeing snippets and being very much influenced by the discussions we're having. And when you are burying something that he hasn't seen, it's, it's, I mean, it happens all the time with our friends. Like if a friend of yours buries a television show, you're not going to go into that television show with open, with an open mind. You're going to be like, well, you know, such and such said it wasn't good. You'll turn it on. It's going to take a lot. For you to then watch it and then be like, wait, this wasn't that bad. What was like, and so that's, but that's not happening here. He's listening to you kicking in the shins. He's not going back and watching it in its totality to see if it was really worth something. So it's, it. he's heavily influenced by you saying, fuck this. Yeah. You need to back off of me for a second though. It's not, you're acting like this is all my fault. This is, it this is, is the promotions fault so you need to take a breath calm down and take a step back i didn't do well, this let's calm down and, and take i would a have step never back. done this because this is awful let's uh let me get the video version going yeah can't we're gonna jump into it shit. now after you know a half an hour of whatever we were just talking about and We'll get into WCW Saturday Night on TBS from April the 11th of 1992, mm. second week of the talk show format. So the introduction is Tony Schiavone. He's narrating over several replays of this. the. Okay. Can so I, I wasn't say here what for that. this is first? That, I wasn't here for that uh, sting, and, and, but that shit was, that was hot, dude. Yeah, it was. And then he pivoted away from that. That's right. right. That was my question. It's like, dude, I want to see these two tear each other up. Like, let's look at that. Let them get after it. Yeah. I do like this. Yeah, Yeah, you like Sting getting. um... So anyway, Shivani is narrating over several replays of the Super Brawl 2 press conference when Rude and Sting went at it. Vader's attack on Sting and then Steamboat hanging Rude and the Dangerous Alliance attacking Steamboat on the floor, ramming his head into the concrete on WCW Worldwide. We then, remember it is the talk show format, we then, I'm going to pause it here because I know that's what you want. Uh, We then head to center stage where, if you remember, last week they threw it to Bischoff to say, oh, hello, welcome, yeah, the new format, blah, blah, blah. Well, this time... We get Missy Hyatt, who welcomes us into the studio, and Jim Ross sets the table for what we'll see, and Doc is over there rubbing one out. And then Jim Ross tells us, he welcomes us in and says, K. Allen Fry, I would like to welcome him, him into the studio. He is going to be my co-host this week, and my comment at that point was, Lord help us, because he does have the 
personality of paint drying. Mm. Jim Ross says, let's hear it for the new boss. Doc, your thoughts? Uh, Okay. Um, I don't like the rotating people at the beginning. And would you know why? Well, it sucks and not everybody can do that job. For one. Well, there, there's that's a now that's a very very good point. It wasn't the one I was going to make, but it's also true. It's also that becomes something you got to feed, just like having guests on a podcast. You got to have that's a full time job to keep sourcing yep. the right people. You know, it's not sustainable over right. a long term. It's let me say I don't say it's not sustainable. It's very hard to do. Well, here's the thing. In week two, we went from Jesse Ventura, who's amazing, to K. Allen Fry, who is not. Yeah. yeah and I'm he, starting he, to wonder if that guy gets a huge pass in things just by not being Jim Hurd. He seems as incompetent as Hurd. He's just in a nicer package. The story about how he got this job is phenomenal. I, I, and I don't remember all the specifics, but he basically was like, Oh, y'all need somebody to take over the wrestling part? I'm a wrestling fan. I'll do it. And 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 here's the thing. He's not as incompetent as Heard. I, I, I don't want to give I don't want to kick this guy in the shins at all. Because, you know, he's just not. But he's definitely he's not co host material. No. Like 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 give you a you know, it's hard to fill somebody in every week. Like when you had to step away with, you know, your health issue and stuff like that, Crockett comes in, but Crockett is an experienced podcaster and I like having Crockett on, but I just can't drop anyone in to me and Harper. It just, it doesn't, it just doesn't work. No. Like there's, there's, there's people that you just can't drop in. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Everybody is like, I'll be a co-host. It wouldn't be as good as you think. Trust us. yeah, because chemistry always, is a thing. It's not always as good as we think. And we've been doing this a while. Yeah, chemistry is a thing. And and I think that's what miss that's what to the point you're making, um, it's it's hard to feed it over week over week. The chemistry is hard. And then not everybody's built, even if you're a good co host, not everybody's built to do that or not not everybody's got the chemistry to to make it cohesive like Jim Ross is great and you you listen to it in this episode you kind of hear the Cal and Fry's just not a good co-host and the chemistry's not there so I yeah I'm with you on this whole co-host thing now now as I say that there's going to be some people that you think would be terrible that do this that you'll be like well that guy wasn't that bad and then there's going to be people that you know going in this guy's going to suck ass and he sucks suck ass. ass okay yeah, bad. So, so what you're um, saying is, is that this format is not good. I got you. I'm there. No, I didn't say that. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Jimmy Garvin right here? I freezed it on a. Ugh. Look, here's the point where finally, I looked at this and I said, "They're they're the old guy at the club now." <laughs> they're not that old. That's the thing. I know, but they're old. No, they're not. That's the problem. They're not that old. They're old now. Hayes is not that old. Garvin's not that old right here. They just I, look it. And act it. Yes, that's the problem. It's the it's the gimmick. Like, like they just they look like a couple of clowns. Like an 
they look like a, a hair metal band that and it's 92 but but they look like a bad knockoff hair metal band and in that regard i think that's exactly what they were going for so it's terrible it's not good well Last week we mentioned the two out of three falls for this week is going to be the Freebirds versus Greg Valentine and Terry Taylor. So the format that they have now is they cut a little promo at the end of last week. They're going to cut a little promo at the beginning of this week leading up to the main event later in the show. Let's hear from Hayes and Garvin right now. Here it is. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say it's about time. We've been wanting this match for a long time, and today we're going to get it. Talk about want to have a good time. Nothing but a good time and something you can't resist. Well, Taylor and Valentine, mark my words, they don't get no better than this. Two out of three falls right here, and I can't say why we do what we do, but we are the fabulous Freebirds, and what is your excuse? (laughs) Ha ha. The word fabulous does not apply to you, Freebirds. It applies to being the United States Tag Team Champions. Now, you think you're going to beat Greg the Hammer and the TaylorMade Man? I don't think so. We don't play that. Well, we've already proven that we are better than the Freebirds, but they still get these return matches. And you know something? Sooner or later, somebody's going to get hurt, and you're not looking at the two guys who are going to get hurt. The two guys who are going to get hurt, or at least one of them, is the Freebirds. I'm talking about maybe a broken leg. Both teams obviously will be ready for this matchup okay. later tonight. Two out of three falls. Also, I, I wanted program, to hear a little we're going to be talking about so okay. the rules the here in WCW because it seems to me, and I'm sure all our great fans here, that things are just about out of hand in many situations. It is, and that's really the reason I'm here tonight, Jim. The WCW Board of Directors has this week promulgated some new rules, really a restatement of the rules, to try to get control back into the situation so that nobody gets hurt. Fans, we're going to talk more about that situation in the hour. As we said, things are really getting out of control. You look at Big Van Vader and Sting's situation, uh, ravishing Rick. All right. Uh, keep, keep note of that about the rules. No, I, I I'm going to kick that in the shins he, later. I have it written down that he said the word promulgated, and he has no clue who's watching this show. <laughs> so, Garvin and his. I mean, half of our audience right now is trying to write that down and get it spelled correctly so they can look it up and see what this word means. I don't know what it means. Okay. Well, anyway. I'm not the dumbest crayon in the well, box. So, he sounds like a very nice guy, and he sounds like a good dude, and he's also sounds like he's going to get me a, a term life insurance policy. I believe he was a real life attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what uh, yeah, Garvin said. And just so you know, and I did don't want to forget this because it's people love it when we talk about this stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we said that they were looking out there like a hair metal glam band. Well, Michael Hayes was quoting Poison lyrics there. Don't need nothing but a good time. I thought that's what that was. And it's 1992. So I just want to point that out. Wasn't that like five years old at that point or maybe four well, years old? And, and here's here's the thing about that. It is, but that's a long five years. Like that, I know. We're looking at Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden later in this year coming out. And you're talking about Poison. Yeah. Bad hair metal band gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's so absurd. <laughs> um, the only one I liked out of the four guys that talked was Valentine. Yeah, Valentine and Taylor, actually, I thought were fine. It's just, you know, you, you only have – each of those teams have 30 seconds in that promo to, to get their point across. So it's not like they're going to cut some skating. 1988 was when nothing but a good time came out. Uh, that's, that's what I said, 87 and 88. So, yeah, four years old. And it don't get better than this. Well, we keep the show moving after we found out a, a new word, promulgated. And uh, more on the rules later, because I have a WTF moment later on. But we get a video replay of Vader and Sting, followed by uh, Kip Fry and Jim Ross speculating that if Sting you can don't handle know what Vader. promulgated means? No. I mean, been thinking about, discussing. I mean, I figured Club that's kind is of... to promote something, make it more... To make it more known, to distribute it in a more wide fashion. Okay, well that's so even there, worse when I think get about these rules out because they already got him, and he's a shitty uh, he's a shitty cop because he hadn't been enforcing them. Yeah, it's actually I got some thoughts later on when they start discussing that nonsense. Okay. okay. All right, replay of Vader and Sting uh, with Vader power slam and Sting, and then like I said, Jim Ross and K. Allen Fry. Speculative Sting can handle Vader, as I mentioned. And then from there, we go to a Vader match. It is a handicap match. It is Big Van Vader versus John Collins and I believe Jim Boss, if I wrote that down correctly. So a handicap match here. Uh, the dude in blue was this guy. He's terrified of getting hit by Vader. If you watch him, he's flinching and ducking his head nonstop. He is, this dude's terrified. He thinks he's going to die, just just the way he's reacting. And I was like, this is bad. But it is a handicap match, and you know we've seen this before in handicap matches where you will you may have a guy in there who doesn't really belong, and that was this dude. Or is that guy in there to look stiff and crazy so that Vader can just move him around and manhandle him and that be what they're going for? No, because you can be a lot more impactful with what you're doing without some dude who looks like he's wincing before he even gets hit. Like he just ran. That's what I would do. I mean, I get it. Like you're, you're I would actually get in there and go, uh, Leon, whatever they're paying you, I'll bank it double. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's just it. (laughs) Dude, just looks terrified. Okay. Anyway, this don't last long. It doesn't. What are your other thoughts on it? Well, I, the first thought I have is that Vader needs to still be bringing that helmet out. Now, I realize it's kind of a rib that you got to deal with that big helmet now that it's here, but it looks cool and I want to see it. It's okay. part of the gimmick. Don't leave it at home. Let me show you something that uh, if you're in a wrestling school, they they your trainer would get mad. Something that Vader just did right there. Okay. So... Watching on the video version, which you can watch at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. So Vader's got this guy in blue who looks like, um, well, I won't get sidetracked. Dude, this guy looks like he couldn't, like, Harper's talking about the guy down at the Jiffy Loop. This guy would have a hard time getting that job. He'd have a hard time taking a filter off, even with a filter wrench. But so Vader's about to, they're in the corner and Vader's about to send him into the other corner. Vader kind of does a no-no here. Whenever you, 
shoot a guy off, whether it's from the ropes to the ropes or corner to corner, you should at least come out, especially in a ring this small, to the middle of the ring and actually make it look like you're sending the guy in, like you're actually pushing him along the way. Vader is very lazy here, and I don't mean to criticize the dead, but I got coached on this one time when I was in wrestling. Rod jumped down my shit for this. Brother, he was like, brother, you, come here. What's this limp dick Irish whip you just did? And I was like, what? And then he showed me, and I was like, oh, okay. Now, if you yeah. ain't going to get into it, why the fuck would I be running all the way across the ring, brother? Vader doesn't. He barely takes a step out of the corner as he's sending this guy into the corner. And the guy basically just takes off running. It doesn't look like Vader's the one who actually sends him into the corner. Like, watch. You see how lazy it was? Oh, my God. So, and I only mention it because I I was told this in school one point. It's like, what are you doing? You got to actually make it look like you are sending the guy into the corner. Even though he is running, you can't just stop and what a little lazy move. So anyway, mm. I just had to point that out. That was uh, good. That's the kind of uh that's the kind of analysis we actually pay you for and don't get enough of. So thank you for using your prior experience to enlighten all of us um on what's going on here. That's Well, you know, I I I got I got ripped one time for that. So, you know, Well, it go. was pretty bad and here's the thing. It really does um undercut what vader's trying to do which is be stiff and be be a monster out there yeah and i don't you know it might have just been one of those things where you know it happens man that that that's oh, okay. why i don't like to be critical of these guys i mean you have moments like that that happen bro. let it's, me do it, it is what it that is. sucked do better vader <laughs> vader wins with a power bomb on the guy in the yellow and uh he pins both of them at the same time any thoughts doc on what we saw here well, I mean, he needs to be stiff, so we're making him a monster. Be a monster. Do monster shit. From there, we go to Jim Ross, who throws to a replay of Ricky Steamboat and Rick Rude from Super Brawl. And when Steamboat choked Rude and when the Dangerous Alliance attacked Steamboat, so all that is kind of like combined into one. Lots of replays. Who's the we ninja? Also, we also see the ninja again. Thank God. Is this the or a ninja? God, these recaps uh, are gonna really get on my nerves. There's a lot of recaps in this, man. A lot of recaps. I, I mean, this is I all stuff we've seen a few cared. times. Well, if I had time or cared, I would have put together the entire amount of time K. Allen Fry spoke, kind of like they do in like NFL. Like it's 11 minutes of just whistle to whistle action because mm-hmm. he's talking too much out there. I don't know. I didn't get that impression, but okay. he's the co-host. That's the pro that goes back to what we talked about. He's the co-host. He's there to add some insight. So he's trying to add insight. Stop talking. Okay. Well, hey, he's a successful, says, he became very, even more successful after this as a, like a hedge fund guy, I think, or an investment guy. Good for him. Good. See, by all accounts, he's a good, smart, successful person. Get the fuck off my TV. Still a socks on, lights off guy. Whatever. that What he does in his <laughs> more intimate Harper-like moments is his business. Just don't get into my business by being out there. 
Well, K. Allen Fry says we had a we had to doctor up the footage on this next uh, bit of footage we see because of the attack on Steamboat. Uh, Steamboat's bleeding as they slam yeah. his head into the concrete, so they digitize the bleeding and, and the blood. And um, you know, I don't like that, but at least we understand why they digitized it. And Fry says I met with both of the camps, the Dangerous Alliance and the Baby Faces, after this attack. But he doesn't say what the outcome is from the camps. So. He's like, look, I'm a nerd, but there's some real nerds that I work with and for, and they're not going to let us show this blood on TV. So, sorry. And it wasn't necessarily as much as the blood. It was it was the brutality of the attack on yeah. Steamboat. And this is leading into like part. what he means earlier when he's like you know guys aren't following the rules they're taking things too far so i mean i i applaud him on part of what he's saying but when he starts talking about the rules later that's when i'm going to kick a lot of it into the shins okay from there we continue after a series of replays and we see ricky steamboat bleeding we go to the steiner brothers versus john peterson and randy Starr. another very quick match Scott hits the Frankensteiner for the win on, I don't even remember which one he hit it on, but what were your thoughts on the match, Doc, if any? Just my only thought is because it was quick, I felt like the Steiners kind of went easy on him, if that's possible. Yeah, they did. I mean, it wasn't much there. We saw like a German suplex and then the Frankensteiner. It was, I mean, they didn't have any time to really do anything. There's the German. (laughs) There was no other time to really... uh, you know, be brutal with these guys. I guess the words I'm looking for. Yeah. There's yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Here's the Frankensteiner. Oh, no. Backdropping in the Frankensteiner. Anyway, Steiner's win. And that was that. From there, we go to Nikolai Volkov versus Buddy Lee Parker. Wait, who? Nikolai Volkov. Nikita Koloff. What did Jesus. I say Nikolai Volkov for? Thank you for the correction, pal. Trying to fast forward. I'm trying to fast forward and, and go through my notes at the same time. You need um, a producer. We need an intern that we can harass. If you're interested in being an unpaid intern no. for BTT, no. make sure that you no. reach out to Mike with a video resume and a read receipt on your email so that we can get you it slotted in and you can become a valuable member of the BTT team. If you email me about that, I won't respond because... I don't do pay unpaid interns. I think that is an abuse of someone's talents. Unpaid internships should be banned. It's called. I, I don't want to hear sir. nothing about experience. I don't want to hear nothing about you're paying your dues. No, that's you, you get to hang out with me and Harvey. Talents. No, you're taking advantage of someone's talents. Well, so we'll get somebody that's less talented. Problem solved. No. All right. Nikita Koloff versus Buddy Lee Parker. Nikita's introduction continues to be a little different. They have mentioned Lithuania before, but during the intro they say, originally from Lithuania, but residing in the United States of America. Mm. And then Kip Fry mentions that when he calls Nikita and negotiates Nikita's contract, he talks to some rep that he doesn't know who he was talking to. Oh, no. What an inept (laughs) negotiator. And then it's 1992, and they're speculating Nikita's motives and if he's here for good or bad. The fans are cheering him 
wildly. I mean, it's not like they're not behind him, but they're mm-hmm, trying to make mm-hmm. it seem like he's a heel. Jim Ross restates Nikita is residing in the U.S. And Kip Fry says, are we sure? Oh. Doc, hold on. I need to say something. I'm like, so you're not sure if he's residing in the U.S.? I hope he is, because if he's flying from town to town from Lithuania every night, that might be a, a logistical nightmare. <laughs> you hope he's living in the U.S.? I think he's living in the U.S., okay? I mean, what is he doing? Chartering a flight from Lithuania nightly or daily to get... <laughs> uh, I don't know. That that cracked me up. Nikita wins. What are your thoughts? I know there's a lot of different false starts here is this Nikita's last run or does he have more after this I feel like this might be one of the last ones mm-hmm. okay send um, that to H uh, um, 404 file not found <laughs> at docturner.com <laughs> yeah that's where I go to get all my information no, I, I like hearing from people who who you know have the facts. The problem is, like, I'll get the same. Hey, message you from, need like, to tell Doc if he ain't gonna know when Nikita ain't there, he don't even need to be on this show. This is a show for wrestling historians. Well, like I was saying, I, the problem is, like, when 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 you ask a question like that, or Harper does, I get that response from like a hundred people. Good. That means and, that we have an engaged uh, listenership that well, wants to then, help out with the show. I feel bad because there's no way I have. I can respond to a hundred people via Twitter, email, Facebook. So then I feel bad. Cause I'm like, I never respond to those folks. It's okay. That's all. We appreciate that. You, you give a shit enough about this show to sit down with your little keyboard and type something up. Except for we Hopper. He doesn't don't, care. Well, and we don't care enough to do anything about it, but we care that you care. If that makes Hopper. sense. Hopper. One time Hopper was telling me he asked a question on the show. <laughs> like, this asshole emailed me something about blah, 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 blah. Or not emailed him. Maybe it was or Facebook. I got this stupid message. What are they talking about? I was like, well, you asked a question on the show. I've told kind of told this modified version of this story before. Bruh, I got Google. Well, why the fuck did you ask it? Because <laughs> we got to talk about something. He, he, as we always say, he wants to know something in the moment, but that moment is a quick moment. It's it's a split second. It's a once it's gone, second. it's gone. He doesn't care once it's gone. Nope. All right. Uh, any nope, other thoughts on the key to winning the match? Uh, whatever happened to Buddy Lee Parker's battle bowl face turn? You're asking a continuity question here. I know. Really? I I think that ship sailed. Yeah. All right. Nikita wins, uh, flying Lariat, then the Russian sickle for the win, even though he's from Lithuania. And then we go to a promo from Nikita. He is with Eric Bischoff. They're in an empty uh, center stage, I believe. Let's hear what goes on here. Ever since your rather auspicious debut at Sting's post-Super Brawl party, Big words Fans today, around huh? the world have been asking exactly why Nikita Koloff is back in WCW. My colleagues and I, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, have asked you numerous times on national television. No answer. Nikita Koloff 
the fans want to know. Letters are coming in, telegraphs. People want to know why you're back in WCW. Are you prepared to share that with us now? I am aware, comrade, of all the letters that are coming in to WCW. I am aware that you and, how do you call, mm -hmm. your colleagues have been talking amongst each other, wanted to know why Nikita Koloff was at Super Brawl. Well, you see, the situation as of today is this. The man I want to talk to, him and I have not sat down and talked. And I am going to give him, and you know who you are, you know who you are, I am going to give you one more opportunity to sit down and talk this thing out. We need to talk this thing out. And then, and only then, I will say again, will the whole world and WCW and yourself know why Nikita Koloff was at Super Brawl. Nikita Koloff determined to sit down and talk face to face with the man, whoever that man may be. We'll be back right after this. Are uh, you got any thoughts on this? This is weird. My first note was, who cares? So, no. His English is getting better, and it's weird to say about somebody whose first language is English, but his English is getting better. Um, I mean... Knowing the way he comes and goes during the, these time periods, who knows that I'm ever going to find out? So, why would I care? Yeah, you know that this is the the strange part about this is um I don't know if it's like they're trying to make us want to think he needs to have a reason for coming back. We saw him attack or fighting off Rick Rude in Dangerous Alliance, so it's kind of like so you weren't there for that. They're trying to make a mystery out of him coming back, and I. It's it's like they're trying to tell a story that doesn't need to be told. It's like forcing something, like add some mystery to it. When it's like, yeah. well, no, we, we saw him essentially help Sting and Sting Squadron, or what will become Sting Squadron. I don't. It, it doesn't. It, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It really doesn't. But whatever, we'll we'll go with it. It's not going to make me give it a C plus this week. All right, we then get a video replay of Wyndham Rhodes and the Dangerous Alliance brawling with several foreign objects, but they don't say much about what's going on. And Kip Fry says something about allowing it to happen, but he needs to get control. Uh, okay, more on that when we go to the segment a few segments from now with Kip Fry and Jim Ross about the rules. Did you have any thoughts on that, Doc? No. Barry Windham takes on Young Pistol Tracy mm. coming up here. Uh, boy, they're moving through these these matches are like no time, but it's because we got to save time for a three fall match at the end. That's, that's and here's that's a made event anywhere in the world. <laughs> okay, not the way they've built and, and made Tracy look in the last year, but okay. Not saying he couldn't do some business. Tracy's very talented, but they've done him no favor. So this technically during this era is not a main event everywhere in the world. 
I had somebody get mad at me because we called Tracy a legend. Tracy Smothers is not a legend. Okay. Show me on Who the doll where Tracy Smothers hurt you. I don't know. Some clown on on uh, Twitter. I don't even, uh, you know. I go, I'm in my phase right now where I don't even read Twitter. Any, I don't even read the Twitter mentions anymore. Mm. Every engaged. now and then. Well, you know, I mean, if it if it, if it's somebody saying something really good about the show, I'll retweet it. But if it's somebody just being a prick, I'm like, okay, mute, move along. Yeah. Okay. Have you noticed here that Wyndham's starting to look a little pudgy? Well, he got a little gut. Yeah. Yeah. He's filling out more. Yeah, this Especially is the match. I, this go back is the to like eighty-seven. Two out of three falls. By the way, <laughs> yeah, you could have made this two out of three falls and it'd been a lot better. By the way, I mean, I do think there are some two out of three falls with like Wyndham and Austin, and there's some. I think there are some good two out of three falls where it's like, okay, these, these are these are talents that can pull this off. Yeah, good match. But it was quick. I mean, you don't get much. You get a superplex from. Barry Windham and he defeats Tracy Smothers and that was pretty much that. I I mean I don't really have much else from it because uh like I said, they don't give him enough time. I think they got like three and a half minutes, man. You just mm. it's just not much, man. They're 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 zooming through these quick matches again so that we can spend half the episode on the two out of three falls. Right. And that's that's the pattern we fall into. We're robbing Peter to pay Paul and it sucks. All right, we're going to go to the to the WCW Magazine segment. Um, I wrote this timestamp down, and I don't have many notes from it, so I want to play it to make sure I don't miss anything. Here is the first part of the uh, WC, WCW Magazine segment, and let's hear it from Bischoff to hear what he's got to say. Thanks, JR. And this is the WCW Magazine for the week ending April 12th, 1992. Well, the new edition of WCW Magazine hits newsstands nationwide this week. On the front and back covers, you'll find the teams signed to meet in War Games. Now, War Games is a part of the Russell War 92 pay-per-view exclusive coming your way May 17th. Sting Squadron, a rock-solid combination of Dustin Rhodes, Barry Wyndham, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will be joined by an athlete best described at this point as a wild card. We're talking about Nikita Koloff. Now, if Koloff can be trusted, it could be the nail in the coffin of the dangerous alliance represented by Arn Anderson, beautiful Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, and stunning Steve Austin, along with ravishing Rick Root. We heard from Nikita Koloff earlier on in the hour. Let's get these comments from the CEO of the dangerous alliance. You see, Sting, I know what's going through your mind. Is Nikita on my side or is he on theirs? Is he an ally, or is he part of the Dangerous Alliance? He could be to your benefit, Sting, but he could also be to ours. And while you're thinking, while you're wondering, while the mystery perplexes you, we're preparing for the most brutal event in the history of World Championship Wrestling. You're wondering while we're preparing for the War Games. Is Nikita Koloff just another Paul E. Dangerously Pawn? Or will Nikita Koloff help provide Sting and his team with the arsenal that will reduce the Dangerous Alliance to rubble? 
Well, as we heard earlier, Koloff isn't ready to make his intentions clear. But one thing is clear, War Games is the most dangerous situation any athlete in WCW can find themselves in. Two rings, completely enclosed by a steel cage, one way in, and survival is the only way out. As we reported last... So, they're trying to make this a mystery like Nikita's going to maybe be a member of the Dangerous Alliance. I don't... Maybe it's because I know what happens. I just never really buy this. Again, he fought the Dangerous Alliance when he helped Sting at the brawl. So, that part doesn't make sense. Now, To be as I fair, say that, only 44,000 people rented that pay-per-view and saw it. So... Okay. <laughs> but, but, well, he, they didn't show it at the pay-per-view. They showed it on the footage after the pay-per-view. Yeah, the brawl. So it was on Saturday night after. Now, again, I'm being picky here because this War Games is is especially incredible, which we are, you and I need to have a discussion because we're going to have to... I got stuff going on with my wife's health. So... We need, we're going to need to like schedule that and record it out of probably. Um, Look, if you can't get your schedule right to be on this show, health or no health, then I don't know if I have time for you. Okay, so that means, yes, we will get that scheduled. We'll we'll be recording it out of sequence. Like so you have like what I think you have what most people don't have, which is a doc decoder ring. So that you know what I'm saying, even when I'm not saying anything that sounds like it. Right. So that means we will be recording this soon. It okay. will be out of sequence in where it falls, but we definitely will have to it's get it It's not like they're telling a cohesive story anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so does it really matter when we record it? Anyway. This shit, is, this shit is akin to a monkey flinging feces at a wall to see what sticks. So, whatever. Not always. It, the, the Nikita part of it is the part that just makes no sense. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's just like, what are, what are we doing? Okay. Um, they're trying to leave. I get it. You know, it's wrestling. They're trying to kind of leave some mystery to it. Well, Sting, side with the Dangerous Alliance. Well, he was whipping Bobby Eaton in, in Rude's ass at the fucking brawl. Like, it just... It wasn't like he was a bystander watching it. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, after that promo with Paul Lee, which will lead to the greatest war games of all time, or one of, uh, we then see footage of the great Muda in several matches. They even show the Starcade 89 footage with him and Flair. Uh, Bischoff, t- which is, we're going to see Muda. So anyway, I, I see why they're kind of, not like a long run or anything, but I know why they're, kind of showing him here and it's funny how they want to pump up the guy that they buried that now again different administration that buried him but still they buried the guy and now they're trying to make him look like a million bucks I, I guess it's one of those things where out of sight out of mind for a few years you know we won't remember that they just buried this poor dude but they buried Muda they this guy was a star and in one night they just pissed all over him would you say that's one of the most egregious things that they've done well, booking wise, they were also kneecapping Doom that night too, weren't they? Uh, yeah, ate? they did knee, but they but they rehabilitated them. Yeah, because that was the night you said, you know, if you're brown skin, you're you're getting buried, and, and there was a lot of truth to that statement. Yeah, but but they buried Muda even worse because he hadn't lost, and he lost three times in one night. <laughs> 
They he they just they just completely crushed him and did nothing afterwards with him. It was very very terrible. So there, you know, again, I can't blame the current administration. It's it's like it was the previous administration that did it. Um, there's that. We continue though. So Bischoff also talks about DDP being barred from talking about WCW in interviews and in promos. But then they throw to DDP talking about K. Allen Fry, and there are fans behind him chanting in support of DDP, saying, let him speak. This is funny. <laughs> um, any thoughts on this whole thing? I don't know. I have Look, I haven't read the dirt sheets from this era. I have no clue what they were attempting to do overall with DDP silencing him. Did you, did you have thoughts about this? The, the, whatever's going on? It's no. funny, but it doesn't make much sense from a nope. continuity standpoint. All right. We continue then. Uh, lastly, Eric Bischoff asked a fan question to Cactus Jack. And the fans want to know who knocked out his front two teeth. Cactus claims Sting knocked out his first tooth. And then he pulled the other one out for symmetry purposes. Any thoughts on uh, Cactus answering that question, Doc? <sighs> Fan question stuff is stupid. Well, here's All the right. problem. This is a magazine segment inside of a magazine segment. The whole show is now a talk show magazine format with little bits and snippets, so you don't need Bischoff's segment because it's redundant. And it wasn't that good to begin with. Boy, I didn't think about that, but that's a fucking phenomenal point. What is what does Corny always say? It's a hat on top of a hat. Dude, you nailed it with that. That that's so true. Because it's a talk show format. Why do you need a magazine segment in the talk show format? You have plenty of time to communicate what you want to communicate in the talk show format, but you insert a five minute segment on a magazine segment into the Yeah, all right. Moving right along, we go to an interview. Jim Ross, he's going to talk to Kip Fry. They've been talking about this all episode, this whole thing with the rules and the new emphasis on rules. I want you to listen. And I'm not trying to kick Kip Fry in the shins, but there will be some kicking in the shins. Here it is. Welcome back, everyone, to WCW Saturday Night. Jim Ross and Kay Allen Fry back with you in a few moments. We'll be speaking here with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That interview coming up in just a few moments, but as we talked about throughout the program, a new emphasis on the existing rules in WCW. I'd like to review some of these rules with you. The automatic disqualifications include deliberately throwing your, your opponent over the top rope. That's right, Jim. The key word there, of course, is deliberate. It's still a judgment call. The referee is going to have to make that decision as to whether or not the, the person actually intended to throw the guy out. Another automatic disqualification includes outside interference by a manager, attendant, or teammate in a wrestling match. Of course, I like to call this the Paulie Dangerously rule, and the Dangerous Alliance is going to have to watch that. Also, intentionally striking an official. Which is the same thing in all sports. Anytime you start messing with the officials, it's just going to have to lead to further you know, problems for you. Causing an opponent's head to strike the ring post. Well, it's just too dangerous. I mean, we can see them right here. Uh, serious injury potential there, and it's got to be that way. Foreign objects are illegal. Several illustrations of that. 
And again, let's talk about Paulie dangerously there. Let's talk about the foreign objects he brings. And let's talk about that telephone especially. Paulie, watch that. Includes chairs, axe handles, uh, rolls of coins, whatever. Plus, failure to break an illegal hold or maneuver after the official has utilized a five count. That, that, that's something to watch out for. That's really more in the nature, I believe, of a dumb error on the part of a wrestler. Uh, it's easy to control, and, and, and we'll go forward with that. Fans, a man that certainly has been out of control in recent weeks is the number one contender for the United States Heavyweight Championship. I'd like for all of you at home and all of our great fans here in the studio to please welcome to WCW Saturday Night. All right, I, I paused it. We'll get to Steamboat in a second. Your thoughts on all of this? I got a, I got a paragraph worth of notes here. Let's just take all the heat out of everything. Okay, so you go ahead. Go, hit it. Well, JR was like, hey, we'll have a new emphasis on rules. And then he's like, all right, so Kip Fry deliberately throwing someone over the top rope. And then Fry says, well, it's still a judgment call. What the fuck's new about that? Right. That, that, just that's, enforce, that's how it, enforce the rules you have. Fire your refs and get some new ones then. So, okay, outside interference is illegal. Once again, are you? I, I realize you're saying you're going to emphasize these now, but so there's been no emphasis of it? I'm so confused. Because a lot of what we've been seeing hasn't been happening actually in an actual match. The stuff with Steamboat has been after the fact. So what are we going to enforce here to stop that is the question. Intentionally striking an official. Once again, why does that have to be emphasized? That's common sense. Causing an opponent's head striking the ring post. I mean, I get that one. But how often are we seeing guys on the outside deliberately making a guy's head smack the ring post. Now they'll send them into a ring post and hit it with their body, but I don't know. It felt weird. Foreign objects are illegal. Chairs, Paulie's phone. Well, the in other news, the sun came up uh, again today. Failure to break an illegal hold. Okay, I get it. He did say emphasis on the rules. Uh, I'm sorry. I have been watching this now for <laughs> we've been doing this show for eight years, eight and a half almost. Uh, I, I, to be fair, I've seen nothing more egregious these days than I used to see during the 85 and 86 days when it was really violent. So I think the rules are being followed only when the heels don't want to follow the rules, in which case that's what makes them a heel. He's a heel. I, I I don't get what we're doing. I get that it, they could have shortened this and just said we're gonna we're gonna emphasize the rules. We're gonna we're gonna make sure we're we're getting tight with this stuff. But even then, this is pro wrestling. I, I mean, the chairs, the foreign objects, with the ref not looking. You know, the referee getting accidentally hit from time to time. That's all a part of this gimmick, man. We can't take that stuff out of this or we don't have wrestling. What are we doing? You ever work in a company? Yes. And there's these, it just, we're on, you're on this team. You're in a meeting. You're supposedly working this project and everybody's talking. 
Yes. And talking. Yes. And talking about yeah. all this crap they're going to do. Flips and dives, brother. And you can stop the whole meeting down by interjecting this question because better than better than zero chance the answer is not available. Hey, so what problem are we trying to solve here? Right. For real. What's the problem we're trying to solve here? And I feel like that's where we are here. And when you ask that question, typically, you can't get an answer. There's a whole lot of filibustering and stammering and yammering and blah, blah, blah. My people who don't know whether to whine or watch or take a shit. Right. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't have an answer for you on this one. I know. I just don't. It's. I I think, you know, can we be fair for a second? I no. think. Well, no, no. Listen to me. I think they meant well in this segment. Because Steamboat has had his head bashed into the concrete, albeit not in the middle of a match. And Rude has been hung. So, like, I feel like they meant well. The problem is the the intent is there, but we already know that there are rules. We don't need a two-minute segment on how, on all the rules and how they're going to supposedly be enforced or emphasized. It, 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 it just, it made no sense, man. We've been on it for 10 minutes now. So well, I'm going to tell you this. This is the point in the show where I turned into Harper. Okay. Let's hear it. I didn't really watch much of the rest of this. Well, I'm going to tell you, it gets... Let me play the Steamboat segment how long does he about. talk first? Uh, about three minutes. Jesus Christ. You don't need three minutes of Ricky Steamboat talking. I don't know, man. This is about as serious and as pissed as you'll see Steamboat in a pro. What? I actually think Ricky Steamboat was really good here. Okay. Give him now what comes two. after that might have been overkill. <laughs> with three, two out of three falls with the birds and Valentine's Yeah, I ain't watching that just so you know, and I didn't. I did. <laughs> It was like, oh, Somebody geez. has to, and it ain't me. <laughs> Let's go now to Ricky Steamboat in the studio being interviewed by Jim Ross and Kay Allen Fry after we got a two-minute dissertation on emphasis on rules that we are mostly following, I think. Maybe sometimes not. Here we go. Rude, and I'm sure all the fans are anxious to know what is the exact uh, physical uh, prognosis of, of your current situation, Dragon. I've got a, I've suffered a broken nose. I've got a cheekbone on the on the right hand side. that has got some stress cracks in it, but you know it's it's all part of the uh, job description. And uh, you know I've had injuries in the past before, but I'll I'll learn to deal with it. You know, Ricky, uh, we talked this week earlier, uh, just you and I in my office, and I was very happy to hear you say that you plan 
to deal with this situation with Rick Rude in the ring. And that's real important to me, and I'm, I just want to emphasize how happy I was to hear that. Well, I, like I told you before, Mr. Fry, that you can be assured that I will, I will deal with the situation, and the situation in the hand is for the United States Heavyweight Championship with Rick Rude, and I will deal that in the ring. Let me, let me just say one thing, though, and I have, to, I have to put this in. You bear some of the blame in this. We saw well, earlier the, the, the situation where you actually hung Rick Rude with the belt. And so I think we have to acknowledge what's good for one is good for the other. All right, let's, 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 let's go back to where it started. Let's go back to, to, to the match that I had with Rick Rude on national television, United States Heavyweight Championship on the line, and all of a sudden, the ninja, which I think was Paulie Dangerously, hit me not once but twice with the telephone. Let's go back to where it started. Let's go on a little bit farther to where it carries on to where I, I had a match with Bobby Eaton, okay? Rick Rude finds himself coming into the ring. Luckily, the referee snatches the chair out of his hand. He gets my karate belt, puts it around my neck, starts choking me with it, trying to give me the rude awakening. I got out of that situation, and it just so happened that the, the, my belt got around his neck, and he got hung. Let's go back to where it started. Who's, who's creating all this? Ricky, Rick, I, I hear what you're saying, okay? I, and I, Jim, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I just feel that there are some personal things creeping in here. I really feel like you're starting to take what's going on at home and bringing it into the ring. Mm. You said that you feel that what's, ha what's happening at home, I'm, I'm bringing it into the ring. Yes, I do. You still haven't got it, have you? You still haven't got the fact that what has been happening has been going from the ring into my home. That's what's been going on. My little four-year-old boy, take a look at this mug. Take a look at his daddy every day in and day out. That's what I've got to deal with. It started here, and it's gone into my home. Well, Dragon, you say you want to sell it a ring. The match has been signed. You'll get your opportunity. I'm sure we're all looking forward to, hopefully, you selling this situation in the squared circle. Well, it will happen. And like I assured you the other day when we had that conversation in your office, I will settle this account in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, our thanks to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And we'll be back. See, I thought he was good there. Yeah, but did and you I hear thought... Cape Allen Fry get, a, get a, a pop or an applause at the expense of his baby face there? Yeah. See, I was torn on that because I think Cape Allen Fry was, was, was being truthful. He was being what you and I always do, which is call it down the middle. Like when stuff makes sense, even if it's somebody we don't like, we're like, well, they made a good point. I think Kay Allen, I think he was, I don't know. I think he was on point. Like he was just trying to be honest. And unfortunately, sometimes when you're being honest, People you make the baby face, they don't want to hear it. But in this case, the wrestling fans are like, well, it is kind of true. You You did hang the man. I mean, but in but if you want to look at it again, this is why this is why nuance is important in life. Always, Steamboat's like, well, I got blasted in the head with a telephone by a ninja. He's like, you'd be upset too, and he's not wrong. Like this is a perfect example where he was right, but he was wrong at the same time. Okay. But it unfortunately, in the context of this program in wrestling, it does make his baby face look bad because mm. the crowd popped.
when he said that. Yep. All right, so let's continue. I, I, although, I, again, I did think Rube was fine. Doc, okay. you really sound like you did not watch this. I I saw that it was happening, and you scanned uh, it, huh? Well, here's the thing: the champs can't. The champs need to come out last. I knew that was coming. Okay. I don't. My next note is: I don't want to see one fall of this. At least the Freebirds came out to Bad Street. Yeah. And then I stopped. Okay. Let me walk us through it. It's a typical match. Jesus Christ. The, this goes on for 18 minutes. Almost, you know, 20 if you can no go No thanks. Uh, typical match, you know, the, the baby faces come out. They get their shine on. Heels powder out the ring. Aren't too enthused with what's going on, obviously. And, you know, they're taking a beat and they're on the run. Uh, but as we work through it, first fall, because it, it does... I hate two out of three falls because to me, the flow is never what I want to see in a match. I like one falls through two out of three falls every now and then is fine, but it's, it needs to be very infrequent and there needs to be a good reason. I don't have a good reason here other than this is what they wanted to do. So the first fall is Taylor pulls Hayes's neck down on the top rope and Valentine and rolls up Hayes and wins. Look how quick it was. This is why I don't like two out of three falls because I feel like the falls you get are cheap. And this is what this was. Taylor drops an elbow. One, two, three. I'm sorry. Uh, Valentine drops. Valentine, in the words of Hopper, drops an elbow. One, two, three. Taylor and Valentine win. Fall one. Yep. All right? Yep. Let me ask you a question. You just saw that. How cheap was that pinfall? Pretty cheap, and now the challengers are in a bad, in a real bad way. Not just that, but if these guys were working a single fall match, that wouldn't be would the, you that see, wouldn't be the way. They would never do a pinfall like that. That's my biggest gripe. All right. Then we go to fall two. Valentine goes for a figure four. Hayes, who's not the legal man, mm. sneaks in and DDTs Valentine. And Hayes and Garvin end up winning the second fall. And you might say, well, wait. What about the rules that K. Allen Fry was just emphasizing? Well, Pee Wee Anderson's back was turned and he didn't see that happen. So technically no rule was broken, which is, again, go back to why this whole emphasis on rules makes no sense because it wasn't that the referee missed or, or purposely didn't call it. He didn't see it because his back was turned, which is what makes it wrestling. Wrestling. Anyway, we continue. Any thoughts on fall two? No. I can actually see fall two happening, but with a little bit more shenanigans before we got to that point. So fall two to me, Doc, was a little bit more realistic. Would you Probably agree or disagree? So. Probably so, yes. Gotcha. All right. So then we work our way to fall number three. Um, we get a hot tag to Jimmy Garvin because I think Hayes was taking the heat. We end up with a belly to back by Garvin. Uh, Taylor comes in. All four guys are in the ring for a moment. Taylor rolls up Garvin and Taylor and, Gar and Valentine end up winning. 
I want you to see it here in a second. It's a very weak third fall. And again, this is my gripe. You get these just terrible falls because because you got to have three of them. That's the point. That's the problem right there is you got to. You're trying to do sleight of hand on a lot of finishes anyway. Now you got to be slick three times. And somebody will say, well, wait, no, you don't have to have three falls. There can be a DQ. Mm. Here's the pinfall. That that was the win. Okay. Um, the roll up. You know, you can do a DQ in 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 a two out of three, which doesn't make sense because I've seen it done before because it's two out of three falls. But if somebody gets DQ'd, the one that team wins. The other team wins. So that's technically a win in the two out of three falls. But it just I don't I don't I actually want to hear from people out there. Um post it on Patreon if you're a patron on the video version. Do, do you like two out of three falls? Give me a reason to why you like it. And if you don't like it, give me a reason why you hate it. Because I am I am the I am of the camp. I just don't like two out of three falls. And that to me, Doc, when you talk about this format, it's not the talk show format. It's the two out of three falls every goddamn week. I, here's what I would have done. I'd, if you're got if you're if you're just married to that concept, and I don't hate it like you do, but I, I understand what you're everything you're saying. I would have put Austin out there every week. TV champ, two out of three falls. If we're going to do it. The, then you're overexposing Austin. You're just putting him out there it, too much. I'm saying if that's what we're doing, then that's what I would do. I'm not saying yeah. we should. I'm not saying we should be doing any of this shit. Play Larry, though. I want to see what Larry has to say. Okay. Well, the wrap-up is going on. What? And... I, for the record, I disagree. I don't want Steve Austin out there every single week, two out of three falls, because then he's out there for 30 minutes every single week. And I think that's just overkill. I understand why, because he's one of the talents that can pull it off. But I just, I don't want to see it. All right, so third fall happens. Kip Fry says, if I have anything to say about it, the Freebirds will get a rematch. No. I don't want to see three falls with the Freebirds and Valentine and Taylor. Mm. Sorry. Let's continue. Uh, Jim Ross and Callen Fry go to wrap up the show, and then they throw to next week. I'm sorry. They throw to some promos to build up next week because next week uh, we're led to believe it's going to be Larry Zabisco and Nikita Koloff in two out of three falls. So here's Larry. Oh, I got to play the audio, don't I? Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear these comments from the competitors in next week's two out of three fall main event. Let me give it to you real straight, Koloff. The whole world saw the demise of your entire country. Well, next week on WCW Saturday night, the whole world's gonna see the demise of you. Next week, right here on WCW, two out of three falls, Larry Zabisco and Nikita Koloff. WCW Saturday night. Zabisco be ready because I am going to be ready. <sighs> Certainly looking forward to that matchup, and I want to thank you, Mr. Fr- All right. You got enough out of that? There was nothing sure. much there, was there? <laughs> there, was, there was nothing much there. And then Nikita does his ass eating face. Nah. Oh, come on. Yeah. 
Well, Doc, that buttons up April the 11th of 1992. You know how we do it. We got to rate it, hand out some toot toot awards here. Uh, before we do it, I want to remind you all, become a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Uh, Russell War is coming up. Russell War 92 is coming up, and it is one hell of a pay-per-view. The only way you can listen to that is by going to tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt, becoming a patron, support the show, get tons of extra content. 200 plus page, I'm sorry, 400 plus Patreon exclusive shows are available there, including the video versions of these that Doc and I do each and every week, which uh, if you're a patron, you're listening and watching, to it, watching it now. Tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt, the only place to get all that extra Patreon gold. All right, Doc, it's time to rate it. Hand out the Toot Toot Award in honor of Arn Anderson. What are you going to rate this one? Well, I gave it a well. I gave it a C minus last week. So what are you giving this week? I think I'm gonna stay with C minus. Oh come on, it's not that bad. The problem is almost half your episode is three birds, two out of three falls. Uh, uh so you go C minus. Um. It's hard, man, because <laughs> nothing stood out. I'm going to give it a C. And I'm not giving a go ahead. You do the toot toot first. OK, I got this. I'm giving mine to Jr. for having to drag his boss through this shit when his boss isn't any good. That's a very good observation. I'm giving the reverse toot toot to Kip Fry for there you go. the rules the rules explanation and reinforcing and emphasis. I'm like, I didn't realize it was this big of a problem. All of these heinous things have happened outside of the context of an actual match. And there's that. Um all right, so that's just about gonna wrap things up this week on BTT. Appreciate you listening to us. Uh as always, thank you for following the show. Subscribe if you haven't already done so on YouTube as well and on your digital platform of choice. Uh, Doc, any other thoughts before we get out of here and uh, ride off into the sunset on our Kawasaki Mule? With I think off? I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah, I got stuff to do. You think? I don't know. Man, I'm tired. Last night wore me out. I know. Take a nap and then go do your stuff, man. I'm not a napper during the day. That's the man. Problem. The restorative. I'm less of a napper than I was seven, ten years ago, but the restorative nature of a nap is so delicious. I wish I was you then, because I, I, I'm just take about an hour and a half nap here in a minute, and uh, then I wake up, shower, and go hit my errands. All right. Well, on that note, since you're about to go take your nap, why don't you hit the tagline and let's roll. 17 and no Super Bowl suck it. Jesus Christ. <laughs>